sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we're doing. Maniac Mansion versus Portal 2. So. Video games. For for everybody who's complained that uh, this show wasn't quite geeky enough for them, uh, with the comic books, we've decided to go into video games. Yeah, we did get a lot of, of, of email complaints about that. About our our how we're not quite geeky enough. Um, yeah. I usually delete them, but I guess you took them to heart. I did take them to heart. Well, I take them to heart also because they usually also mention how handsome and charming we are in the same breath, so... Um, I can't really take one part of it to heart without taking it all to heart. Well, most of these people who are writing have never seen me, so... It sounds like you're that. able to compartmentalize. Well, I think they can tell um, by, by our voice. voices. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, just like, uh, just like Orson Welles back in his War of the Worlds days. Everybody was in love with him. Um, and then they saw him in the Ernest and Julio Gallo commercials, and their, their ideas were confirmed. Mm-hmm. He looked exactly the same in, in those two different times. Exactly. Surprisingly. Have you watched any of the Simpsons? Oh, Fish Eyes. Well, I haven't because I don't have uh, oh, FXX. Don't have I don't have cable. Yeah. I've had, had it on and it's been fun. I have seasons three to eight on DVD. So. You know, I have, I have season one something something and maybe up to four or five and then they changed the packaging so it was no longer a rectangle box. It was a head. And I refused to get them anymore because they didn't, they didn't fit together anymore. So I was like, why Why do that? So I haven't gotten any since then. Let me give you a pro tip. Those episodes that come in the heads also come in rectangular boxes. You can order them that way. Really? Yeah. I, Go to I, Amazon. I, you can get them. Yeah. That must have changed because at the time I couldn't. I think when they initially came out, you couldn't. And then they and then they, they were probably heard from a lot of uh, whiny ass bitches like you. And uh, yeah, no, they changed it. I've got all mine are rectangular boxes from. I think I have one head, which just annoys me, but the rest are rectangular. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like the heads. Um, They're neat in the store, but that's about it because they don't. They don't. They had like the things sticking out, and anyway. Well, it's it's just weird, like especially for me where I've got like a DVD case where it it kind of fucks up the flow of the look right. of it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Having the DVDs is, makes it different, but it's kind of neat just to be able to turn it on and say, oh, this one, cool. No, and I I would love to have it, and I heard the app is amazing as well. But Is the app out? I thought it I thought it was coming out the same day as... as oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you have to pay for it? I don't know if you have to pay. Um, no, no, I think it's... I, You know what? I'm not sure. I believe it was free if you... Um, but you have to put in like your FX, your oh, your like, like cable shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they know that you have FXX. Um, so yeah, I can't get the app either, which is a bunch of bullshit. Um, no, Sorry. but no, I have not watched Sore it. Subject. I I would. Uh, I well, I think um, we talked about a little bit on Facebook. I think Homer at the Bat is where the Simpsons got great. I agree with you. There were some some great episodes in. In the first and second season, not so much the first. Actually, the camping episode in the first season was pretty good, um, which was fairly early. Yeah, it, it, I think it's surprising to me how some of the how early some of the stuff is like. I don't think I, I mean, I know it now because I've I've realized that a few times since 
I first thought of it. But Dust, the Dustin Hoffman and Michael Jackson episodes, I think they're both the first, uh, second season. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the Michael Jackson episode, but yeah. Um, I like it for the novelty of it, and I like it for the goofy joke they have of having a construction worker believe he's Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson, do you know the reason Michael Jackson could not use his name on that episode? I think it's just like Dustin Hoffman, he didn't want to. Yeah. Or it might have it might have been contractual, but I don't think so. Apparently, he did the music for "Do the Bartman" under a pseudonym because he was contractually unable to do music for them. Well, that makes sense. I can see musically, he's like, and he didn't sing on the Simpsons episode at all. But I think it was more just like Wait, he I didn't wanted to sing "Happy Birthday, Lisa." No, that was a, a imitator or whatever you call that. Oh, oh, that's crazy! I didn't know that. To do the voice, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I assume it was I always, Marilyn Manson. Well, he was everywhere at that time. But you surprised me with um, when you were because on Facebook we were talking about when I said I said that about uh, Homer at the Bat, and you said, "Well, there were some really good early episodes like the uh, the German one with the Land of Chocolate." I had no idea that that was that early either because that that, that is, was that's third season. That was like cause oh, I looked, third season. Yeah, no, I agree. Third season. I but, mentioned but, Homer at the Bat as getting great, but I think f- third season overall is where it gets great. Okay, yeah, I thought yeah. you meant like specifically that. <laughs> That, point of the third season because there's episode, a lot of great stuff that happened before. No, there are, but that epi- I think that that to me was the pinnacle of the third season. Okay, uh, I see what you're Homer saying. Homer at the bat, yeah. And I'm not a Which baseball is, fan, yeah, so that's that what's says so funny about that. Yeah, a lot. Um, and, but for, for did you read that that uh, the link I gave? I don't know if I gave it. A, yeah, that's where I talked about. There's a, a history of that episode that uh, somebody. Yes, wrote. yeah, I read it. That's why I that's why I commented on Homer at the bat. Yeah, it was really interesting how it all came together and how how much of a kind of a like a sellout it really was going by what the writers thought of it and, and harry sherry really didn't like that episode because his character was so different but it was still a great episode it was yeah and um, that's the, the other thing well I, this isn't really a simpsons episode but i don't like matt Groening that much after reading some of the history like i don't understand why he would took his name off of the the critic episode a critic episode is a really funny episode yeah after we talked about it recently on the show and I was like, oh, that critic episode. But when we talked about it, I was like, oh, yeah, there was a bunch of good shit on that episode. Actually. Yeah, and, he, not and a he's bad so, episode. so petty taking his name off of it. And I didn't think of it this at the time. I just thought, well, that's stupid. Who cares? But it was also the fact that the guys who wrote the critic had worked on The Simpsons for years and years and made it into such a hit. So, you know, do a favor for a friend. It's not just doing it for the corporation or doing it for James Brooks. You're doing it for a couple guys who, who helped make your show awesome. So That's true. And what's wrong with what? Also, what's wrong with doing a favor for James L. Brooks? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he got what the fucking did you. broadcast news, Mary Tyler Moore. What do you? <laughs> but anyway, so this season they're having a, a crossover with the Family Guy, and we'll see if he takes his name off of that. What, oh, Simpsons Family Guy crossover. Yeah. I I know people love it. I just I wish I don't like Seth MacFarlane. There's something about his his uh, type of humor that doesn't appeal to me. I've we've talked about this before. I. I don't dislike him as much as you and especially family guy. Cause I can take some family guy, but it's only, I can watch one episode and I'll laugh at some stuff. But if I try to watch two in a row, it's too much. It's terrible. So yeah, I'm not a big fan of his, but I'm not, I'm not as big of a detractor as you are. So yeah. I might, I might laugh at the jokes on the Simpsons, but you know, I, I hope it doesn't go on too long. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, family guy does that the really cheap humor a lot like they they rely on that so they do and they rely on something being funny because it's a pop culture reference from 25 years ago right which is you know it could be funny but it's not necessarily funny i mean that 
that South Park send up of Family Guy was pretty much spot on. I didn't see it. Um, another fan. I'm not really a sh- or a show. I'm not really a fan of. But but you're also not a fan of uh, not a show of that fan either. I'm not a show of that fan. Um, but but yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, that's lazy writing as well. That, that's the thing about it. It's lazy writing to me. The the whole let's just reference something something from pop culture because our audience will get that and they can wink, wink. Oh, I remember that. But that's it's not humor. Yeah, another lazy thing they do is the the fallback on a crude, crude, crude humor. I don't care for that. Yeah, that's what I mean. The cheap humor. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that's so. I I consider crude humor cheap. I mean. Obviously, there's some that's funny, but I I don't think that most of the time the way they use it on Family Guy it is it's just it's just shock humor for right the, yeah I I don't mind crude humor when it's it might be cheap but it's funny like uh, it's always sunny has some crude humor that's hilarious the league has some crude humor that's hilarious and sometimes it's not so I think it can be done well but I think more times than not Family Guy doesn't do it well. So this all ties in well to this episode about Maniac Mansions versus Portal 2. Exactly. I don't because you know sometimes when you play video games you also watch TV at the same time with your your dual HD TV setup. One wall has one, one wall has the other. And sure. It's a good idea to to switch back and forth because you don't want to get that burn in. Yeah, I mean unless you're unless you're one of these uh, welfare queens sucking off the government teat. Uh, we, we've all got two TVs at least in our living room. Uh, right. I mean, two, two, two TVs, of course, but in the same room is what's important. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one on the fridge for some of us. Um, right. Well, you want to get recipes. Yeah. Yeah. America's test kitchen. Sometimes I have it on the fridge. So when I go down to the kitchen and I'm, I'm not, I'm not especially hungry. But I want to eat, so I turn the, the the TV on just to watch a commercial. Most of those commercials have enough enough images of, of healthy, uh, tasty food like a bacon cheeseburger to make me hungry. So I can open the refrigerator and eat something that will fill my gullet. Yeah, that, I mean that's one of the what's, that's one of the advantages of not being a um, a poor uh, drain on society piece of shit is that uh, we eat even when we're not hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as as God intended. Maniac Mansion. So, what experience did was what I I sent John a link to a YouTube walkthrough of Maniac Mansion. Was that the first time you've ever had any idea that the game existed? Or? I've never played it. I'm sure I've heard of it. Um, so it came out in '87 um, for the Commodore 64, which will give everybody an idea of the graphics quality of it. Um, but for the for the Commodore 64, it was incredibly good graphics well it, it was george lucas's company produced it right right the lucasfilm games at the time was what it was called it, it at some point it became lucas arts and now it doesn't exist now it's jj abrams yeah uh well yeah for the time i mean 87 i'm trying to even remember like previous to that it was probably just atari and like ColecoVision. no no previous to that there was games like um what is it called? King's Quest, I think. Sierra Games, where you—it was a similar idea to Maniac Mansion, where it's an adventure game and you're trying to solve puzzles, but instead of pointing and clicking, you're typing in. But the graphics are up at the same time. So yeah, this is a point-and-click game. But that—but uh, that King's Quest was also uh, for PC, right? It wasn't like a gaming system. Right. I mean, Commodore was 64 was a was a computer. It wasn't just a gaming system. 
Right. No, I know. I, we we had okay. a Commodore sixty four. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like for video games, pre like as far as because this eventually went to the Nintendo NES. Right, which uh, has it's a humorous story about how it went there. But we can talk about that later. Yeah, but but as far as like gaming systems pre Commodore sixty four, I don't think there was I don't think there was anything between the getting the home computer that you play games on and uh, Atari and and the early the really early uh, shitty eight bit game. Were those even eight bit or were they like four bit games? I don't even know. I don't even know. I think Pong must have been two bit. Um, two bits, governor. See? Maniac Mansion. Now, I have not played it. I assume you it was one of your uh, one of the games of your youth. Yeah, I it was I loved it at the time. But I came out at a time like we t- I talked about the Sierra games where it kind of had similar graphics like a little a little guy you could you could move around on your screen, but in order to have him do anything you had to type it in. And it was an incredibly frustrating experience playing those kind of games like you'd see on the screen a lamp and you type in pick up lamp. I don't know what you're talking about. Pick up light. I don't know what you're talking about. Pick up fancy, fancy torch. I don't know what you're talking. So you had to go through like a thesaurus to pick something, to pick up something simple in the game. So this was a much better way to do things where you just point and click. And the other way was the no graphics, full text adventures, which were pretty fun, but people, I I think I might've been the only person my age that played them that I knew. No, I liked the, I liked the full did text you? ones too as well. Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, I mean at the time I, I, for sure at the time I was the only person to play them, but I knew other people played them. But yeah, you, you played the Infocom games. Yeah. Yeah. At this, I mean, at this point in time, there's no way in hell I would play one, but I did enjoy them then. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it had a, it had its place, but this is, this is like a couple years after that or about the, I mean, there's still text adventures coming out. But people were going, were like, well, I can, my screen has 16 colors. Why can't I use some of the colors? So Infocom was starting to put games out where they had pictures, but they didn't have moving graphics. They just had pictures so you could see what you're typing. Yeah. But anyway, so that's, that's where this came from, where they, they came up with the, these puzzle ideas. They actually, they came up with the, with the idea for the game where they wanted to have it set in a, like a, a B movie, horror movie motif before they came up with how it was going to work. Oh, I was going to say it. It is it does have that B movie uh vibe to it for sure. Right, they came up with that first and they had like they had different ideas on what they were going to do in the game, but they didn't have like they didn't know it was going to be a, a full and adventure game. So, I think the one of the writers of the game, Ron Gilbert, saw his cousin or somebody playing a Sierra game and he's like, "I like this. I just don't like the typing in part." So that's why they came up with with what they came the up point with. Point click. Yeah, and the other thing with those Sierra games was it was really, really easy to die. And Maniac Mansion changed that a little bit. You could still die, but it was a little... Like, there was a game where if you picked up glass, you would bleed to death. So that kind of shit didn't happen in Maniac Mansion. If you went, if you died, you had to actually work at it. Well, all kinds of other shit happens in Maniac Mansion. Yes, it's That's a very cool. absurd, funny game. That's it. The other thing I liked at the time, I liked the fact that it was... You know, when you're a kid, it's like, oh, this looks really neat at of course, it doesn't look neat now, but back then, this looks really neat. That was part of why I liked it, but also it it has an absurd sense of humor. That's that's really fun. Yeah, it's it's one of. The, I mean, it's probably true that there's a lot of games like this now, and I just don't think about it. But but this game, um, going through the walkthrough on it, I was like, oh, these people were stoners who were who came <laughs> up with this shit because there's like there's just like tentacles walking around like sentient tentacles 
and you can feed them tentacle chow, although that is not the preferred thing to feed anything on this game, uh, which we should talk about because that it's a weird commercial tie-in for video games early on. Uh, do you want to tell people what? Well, what? I don't know the the Coke or what Pepsi. are you talking? Yeah, Pepsi. I do, I I would be really surprised if that was an intentional commercial tie-in. I I would I would say that they drank Pepsi and they decided to put it in the game without getting any clearance. That very well could be. Uh, this, I mean, this this is a time when I don't know how, how big the market for games were, but it was it was pretty tiny. But I don't know because I feel like um, I feel like marketing is always kind of a hit. Like it's not like there weren't already uh, product tie-ins in movies and shit. Yeah, but you think about uh, like seventies and eighties TV shows. Sometimes they had stuff in there, and it wasn't like. They weren't getting paid for it. They just have happened to have it in there to make it look re- more realistic. That's true, but a lot of times they also used like just the generic looking, yeah, and yeah, with the true. generic name. And I feel like um, I feel like product tie-ins were becoming a thing by '87 for sure. Like when was Mac and Me? I don't even remember. I agree. I just I you might be right, but I but I, at, maybe video games were too small. This maybe. kind of video game was pretty tiny it was just Maybe. a bunch of nerds on commodore 64s it wasn't a huge market so i mean either way I, I wouldn't be surprised either way mac and me was 88 by the way and uh, i don't know why we haven't thought to do et versus mac and me um but let's I, I, plan i have never seen mac and me nor have i but uh, I, have I would rather do et versus that movie that just came out that was supposed to be this generation's et oh that would that uh got roundly panned i'm fine with that i've i've i know well, it can't it can't have have a lower Rotten Tomato score than Mac and Me. Um, That's what we should do, in fact. We'll, we'll do the, the current E.T. versus Mac and Me. Yeah, do you remember the name of the current E.T.? Um, Shit. C.E.T. C.E.T.? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, damn. I know. I wish I could remember. It got... Like, they really... Well, actually, they didn't. They didn't promote it too much, I guess. I don't know. The, the parents on my... Facebook seemed to like it. So Earth to Echo, is that what it was called? Yes, Earth to Echo. So I'm going to, so Mac and Me has a whopping uh, 0% at uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I guess, I mean, it's an old movie. What? I mean, oh, I, guess, it, I mean, it is, it's 88. So I mean, so that's why you're not going to get a lot of people. Review. If it was on there, it might get a 15% or 10%. Earth to Echo is at 49%. So that's not horrible. Um, 39% of the audience like Mac and Me. There are 23 reviews for uh, for Mac and Me. And there are, yeah, yeah, there's 113 for uh, Earth to Echo. That's a good one. All right, Mac and Me versus Earth to Echo at some Yo, point. Yo, I guess we have to wait for Earth to Echo to come out on DVD. I know, I'm surprised it's not out yet because it really didn't do well. Um, anyway, back to Maniac oh, Mansion. Oh, Maniac Mansion, yeah. So um, I, I do like like that the insult in this game was tuna head. Yeah, I think originally it was shithead, and Lucas is like, no, take that out. And I, you know, sometimes when when stuff gets censored like that, I don't like it. But in this case, I think it actually improved it. Yeah, tuna head's way funny. Well, fam and Family Guy could learn a little something from. That. Yeah, you have an absurd insult; it makes it funnier. Tuna Head is goofy and funny. Uh, another thing that I really loved about the game, and I still loved it, and they don't really ever, nobody ever copied it because I guess it's too complicated, but but the game, 
design is that at the start of the game you have to pick your characters that you're going to play pick with. Your character, yeah, which is kind of cool. And depending on what characters you pick, it affects decides. the play. Exactly, how you're going to win or how you're going to, yeah. Which so I feel like was also something new. Uh, although uh, God knows I don't have a timeline on on how video games developed. Um, but I, f- I feel like that was not as much as of a thing. Maybe once a Commodore 64 came in, it was more of a thing. But what picking your characters? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I think it was very much a new thing, and I don't think it it's really used that much since then. It's 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 very rare. No, it's not, but it's it's a very cool thing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's because it's and, almost like a choose-your-own-adventure video game. Exactly, and it makes it so this this neat adventure game you can play it more than once. Like, oh, I solved this, and then I'm like, oh no, I didn't. There's other ways to solve these puzzles, so it's it's cool. And the the characters are there's a couple characters that are kind of carbon copies of each other. Like, I forget the names. Like, one's a guy that wears a kind of a, a new wave rocker with sunglasses and, and the short tie. I mean, the thin tie. And then there's Razor, the the punk rock girl. They're pretty much the same character. Just you know, their town is music. But anyway, it's it's interesting that they created all these characters you can play, so it, it really improved the replayability when I played it back then. Well, that's another weird thing about it. There's a whole like subplot about becoming a rock star, right? Because um, one of the tentacles is a, is a, a wants to be a, a singer. Yeah, one yeah one of the tentacles really wants to be a singer, and there's like you can send your stuff to a publish music publishing house company. Mm-hmm. And you can even like play songs on the piano and stuff. Of course, you have to be the right character to play the song on the piano. Right, the guy with the, with the skinny tie or the punk rock or girl. the punker. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's kind of cool. Um, it's kind of cool to feed a tentacle Pepsi. <laughs> and and there's it's just there's all kinds of weird shit. Like if you go into the bathroom and open the shower, there's a mummy in there. For no reason, <laughs> the mummy does nothing for for you or the story. Yeah, but, but you, if you move the mummy, you get a hint for the game. Right, and and the whole thing is about uh, uh, an anthropomorphized meteor. Like, it's a meteor that crashes, and the meteor takes over this family of what? Like, scientists or something? A, a mad scientist mad and scientist family. family. Yeah, and they're all blue. Um, oh, I think that depends on what system you're playing on. Oh, could be. Uh, yeah, so so that's that's fucking weird. And when I was watching it, I was like, somebody should make a movie of this. And then, did you know there was a TV series? Yeah, I remember being, I think it came out maybe I was 14 or 15 and being somewhat excited because I was like, oh, when I was younger, I loved this game. Or I guess maybe a little older. I maybe been 17 or 18 and I tried watching the show and it was, it was terrible. Uh, that's too bad because you know who it was written by? Eugene Levy. And oh, it was Joe Flaherty, or yep. Was, yeah, yep, yeah. I think sometimes I don't like their work, and that was one of those times. Or maybe if I went back and watched, I'd like it, but I don't think so. I remember being over the top silly. Like they were, they were marketing. Like those two got together and said, "Let's write something that teenage kids would like," that's, and I didn't like it. Ah, that's too bad. Well, speaking of which, uh, have you watched either of these new shows on Thursday night on M- NBC now? Like uh, Welcome to Sweden. No, I didn't know there was... I, so these are summertime series. I haven't watched anything now. Yeah, well, I watched Welcome to Sweden because it's produced by Amy Poehler. Oh. Um, but it's because it stars her brother. Oh. And, oh, oh, I saw an ad for that. I thought it was coming next season. Is it? So it's not so good. It's not so good. I I, I have a theory. Um, I haven't seen proof of this on Wikipedia yet, but like... 
when they were children, Amy Poehler somehow did a like some kind of psychic vampirism and sucked up all his charisma into herself. Um, so she has the charisma of two people and he has the charisma of negative one person. Is that something you think will be on Wikipedia? Avenge. Yeah. 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 Is uh, this, is, wait, wait, is this something you're trying to push through to, so all the world uses it? I don't, I, I don't follow you. Sorry. This Avenge stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. I thought, yeah. I well, I'm usually behind the time, so I just assumed everybody had been saying "Evench" six years ago, and I'm just now uh, starting to use it. But uh, I think you all catch my drift. I do like uh, the the Thirty Rock with the uh, douchebag agent with the uh, penetration and os. So I I think Evench is along those lines in any case welcome to sweden not so great not terrible just not great um speaking of amy puller somehow related things that i didn't care for i don't know about welcome to sweden but i watched the first episode of bojack and not so so big a fan bojack is that what it's called the will arnett show on netflix it's about a horse that used to be in a 80s sitcom no does the horse talk Bojack Horseman is what it's called. Yeah, well, Will Arnett plays the horse that was is it the animated, the, or is it a Mister yeah, Ed animated. type thing? Oh, okay. Oh, I think maybe it would be funnier if it was a Mister Ed type thing, but no, he wore like Bill Cosby sweaters, and he he was a a a horse that uh, had lived with a family and had a heartwarming ending. So during the this pilot episode, I, don't, I guess I don't call it a pilot, but during the first episode, uh, Bojack is watching clips from his old shows throughout the episode, and Patton Oswalt does a voice and. I didn't like it. I'm of the opinion that you and I should write some kind of animated series for maybe Cartoon Network or something. Because I think we can at least come up with the premise and make it funnier than a lot of the stuff I've seen uh, that seems to have a good premise and then goes nowhere. And Yeah, I don't know if this one had even had a good premise, but I was willing to watch it because Will Arnett is awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, it makes me a little sad because it seems like Will Arnett's hot streak is ending. Although... I think his show is a hit, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's just too well, bad that it's terrible. His his hot streak is not ending. I mean, his hot streak may be on choosing good things. Although, I've heard nothing but awesome things about Lego, the Lego movie, and he had a big part in that. So the Lego movie's fine. Yeah. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Okay. It's uh, I mean, it's what you expect, and you know, it's it's entertaining. It's not life changing or anything, of course, but you don't expect that from the Lego movie. But it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, I, I don't. I, it's one. <laughs> I always feel like an asshole because may, maybe I'm just too critical. But I heard so much over the top praise for it that when I saw it, I was like, "Yeah, it's good. It's not. It doesn't deserve that much praise. I mean, it's a good, fun movie. It's it's what you would hope for from something called the Lego Movie, right? Yeah, and and it delivers, but it's not life changing. Um, Anyway, uh, but my, I was getting to a point. Yeah, we should, we should write, uh, we should write something. Let's call it Maniac Mansion. Uh, let's call it Maniac Portal. Ooh. And, and we'll kind of con- we'll complete these two great. games. Because we don't want to get sued by Eugene Levy and, and Joe Flaherty. No, I don't want to be on their bad side. No. Just because I like them. Yeah, I do too. And they're also rich enough to, uh. Destroy us. Destroy us, yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know what? They're rich in Canadian money. 
Oh, that's true. They're like in loonies and shit. So yeah, they might as well uh, sue us with take a chance cards or community chest. Yeah, that's true. Well, my point about bringing up well, the reason I brought up the uh, Amy Poehler thing was because there's a show on after it that stars Andrea Martin, um, also of SCTV, like Joe Flaherty, and uh, I, d- I. It's too bad that this isn't good, but it, it's neat that she's still working. The, the problem is much like you said with Maniac Mansion. She is doing something from, like, the 70s. Like, her acting is... It's almost like Ethel Merman. It's so over-the-top, like... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind yeah. of, like, super broad, but not not even just broad, like, broad from an earlier age comedy that is at odds with everybody else that and the way they're acting in the show. Well, kind of like that show with the guy from Will and Grace. His show, that show was very, very overly broad. Seventies. That, yeah, that was more eighties, even I would think. Hers okay. goes earlier. Her, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's really, it's really jarring to watch. Not funny either, which doesn't help. But so you don't think either of these shows have a chance to to break the fall schedule? Maybe Welcome to Sweden wow. because of the Amy Poehler connection. Only because of that, I'm thinking. I don't know how much pull she could possibly have since. Parks and Rec is an awesome show, and, and you and I both agree that it's probably the best sitcom on TV right now, May, maybe second to Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but it doesn't get Boffo ratings. It just kind of sits there. But for NBC Thursday night, I think it's the yeah, it's the yeah. king. So, But I think um, if they're going to kiss anybody's foot, feet, at, at this point, it's going to be Chris Pratt. Oh, true, true. But yeah, maybe that's they'll keep it on. But Thursday they got no Polar. Chris Pratt on their show if they don't have Amy Poehler, so, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 too bad. It's got um he just he's just so white bread that you don't care. Um <laughs> I mean it, cause, because it's a it's a cool premise like he marries a sweet he he was an accountant for all these uh celebrities back in New York. So you have celebrity cameos on it like uh That's nice a nice way to get that in. Yeah, like uh God damn, Gene Simmons was on an episode, and and uh, Will Ferrell, and uh, one of our faves, um, whose name I can't think of right now, Rashida Jones. Uh, oh. But but he ends up moving to Sweden with his girlfriend, and you know it's kind of about the culture shock. But he he just doesn't have quite enough to make it comedic. Um, wow, not does he, not only does he star in it, but he created it. Yeah, yeah, and Lena Olin's in it, who is uh, you know a an actress who's been around for a while. And as far as I know is good. Um, and I had no idea it was Swedish, but. Oh, so this is based on his life. Oh, is it? Yeah. He moved to Sweden in 2006 along with his Swedish girlfriend. Oh, so maybe he just had a really boring life. He went, he, he, he became a stand up comedian there. Maybe, well, maybe you have to be in Sweden to really get the jokes. Perhaps I think it's I think they broadcast it in Sweden in Sweden as well. Um, I think they and I in Sweden and Jody Sweden from uh, Family from, Guy. Yeah, Family Guy. They broadcast did, it in her. I did read that they broadcast this, this in Sweden live. So you're getting like the the feed that was live the day before. Oh, you're getting the network feed. Yeah. Right. Right. So maybe that's another reason it's not as good. It's more of a live show. Yeah. Well, I mean, and come on, becoming a stand-up seat uh, comic in Sweden. Uh, what how, a country. Yeah, exactly. How difficult is that? Uh, it's like becoming a ninja in Croatia. You're probably the only one. And if you're not, you're definitely the best. Um, anyway, Maniac Mansion. 
Yes. What else to talk about? It's it's. Uh... Well, there, there's all kinds of just little weird touches, like somebody puts a hamster in the microwave. Yeah, that's a weird, weird Easter egg that you find by accident and it gets you killed, or can get you killed. I don't know if it necessarily does, but you kill the hamster. It, is... Well, it depends on what character you are, actually, if you kill the hamster or not, as well. Oh, some guys, yeah, some characters won't go through with it. Right. They won't, they'll say that. To, yeah. That's, so that's cruel, yeah. It's a weird touch, but perfect for the age I was. It was, oh, that's really funny, or that's really funny that this guy won't do it. And just so a think... good idea of the tone of the game. Yeah, yeah, it, got, it does give you an idea. There is, there's risque jokes made by the nurse character in the game that are kind of, kind of sexy, but not so sexy that they're over the top and, you know, pornographic. So. Yeah, which is unfortunate. That they're not yeah, you're, that. you're, you're hoping for some eight-bit, uh, sweet, sweet porn. The, and there's multiple endings, you know, depending on what you do. Um, like one of the endings, you can fly an Edsel into space. <laughs> and I think that's something that no other game ever did a good job. Of. I mean, the, the multiple endings is do one of the reasons that happens is because you can, you can choose a bunch of different characters, but also because the way you choose, you uh, solve puzzles. But most games, when you start playing the game, you're on the rails, and there's only one way to end the game. Even the the, the sandbox games that came out, you know, about I guess at this point, 15 years ago or. 2001 so yeah all the all the other multiple endings are you dying in different ways right but the like the the sand, open sandbox games where you can like in grand theft auto where you can steal a car and go throughout the city and have fun doing that the actual game of the game there's only one thing that can happen you can either succeed or so it's very binary there's no there's no other way for the game to go and i think that's unfortunate that's that's something i always thought a game would be more interesting if you could play a game and there could be branches where you could go this way and if you make this decision the game will do different things and that's what this game does i mean it it does it in a smaller way since it's a smaller game and you know yeah the other thing is production value on games in 1987 or it was so much cheaper to make a game so making multiple endings for a game in, in 1987 was an extra i don't know let's say extra five thousand dollars but now it's an extra five hundred thousand dollars so it's not going to happen right no that's true yeah it was you're you're right all the the other games are very binary this one's more octal or hexadecimal um no uh i guess you're right about the product placement the wikipedia says it's the first game to do that well i'm i don't know why you guess i'm right when, since i assumed i was but uh it's true uh, I yeah you guessed you're right i wonder if this game would be fun to play today I've oh I I guess it's nostalgic for me, but I've played it. Uh, I don't know, maybe in the last five or six years, and I enjoyed it. They've made online you can download like remakes of the game where it's more, it's still the same graphics, but you don't have to deal with an emulator, which means you're not playing on a Commodore 64. You're right. playing on a PC, and that that's pretty neat that people like the game so much that they did that. And um, there was a sequel to this which did did away with most of the characters and did away with being able to choose what characters you played with, but added time travel. And it was semi-fun. And in that game, if you, as you're playing it, there's a Commodore 64 in one of the characters' rooms, and if you turn that Commodore 64 and you can play Maniac Mansion inside the Day of the Tentacle. Inside oh. the sequel. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so that was pretty interesting. I, I remember it was years after the game came out, someone gave me a copy and I played it. I was like, well, that's a, an interesting touch. But the, the Bernard character who's a nerdy guy with glasses, is the only character who carried over into the new game. And he's voiced by, uh, the person who plays Les Nessman in WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, Jimmy JJ Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. 
Um, well, should we take a quick break? Um, uh, oh, let me talk a little bit about the they they poured it to NES, and they oh yeah they did they they so they they took a lot of this stuff out that was seemingly offensive, and Nintendo still wasn't happy about it. So they they had to remove in one part of the game it says you move the mummy over and it says something like for a good time call Edna, and Nintendo wanted that to be gone, and they wanted stuff like any any placement of the word suck had to be gone. And so they had to remove. Nintendo's a, bunch. a Japanese company, and they they will not brook anything even remotely uh, sexual over there. But the so. game came out for I don't know six months or so, and, and Nintendo got wind of the fact that you can kill an hamster, so they had to reprint the game when, and t- they had to take that out. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember. Do you remember the uh, Nintendo Leisure Suit Larry game? It was just like you. Uh, it has the uh, introduction screen, and then it's like the end, game over, and it shows the credits. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that was still one of the best games I've ever played. It but was yeah. still better than the original Leisure Suit Larry. Yeah, yeah. They took a lot out, a lot, a lot out. But that's um, the other thing about this game: the humor is is it's 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 not at anybody's expense. Leisure Suit Larry, you would say, was super duper misogynistic there the yes not. yes and this and game probably is, racist i can't really remember but i'm just gonna i would assume. i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna agree with you yeah and no I, this is just absurd humor which is the point and which is always weird when people take offense to that kind of thing yeah but the the is and the great thing about the absurd humor where you talk about it, if this would be playable now maybe it wouldn't be playable because people don't like the graphics but the jokes would still work because absurd humor lasts forever indeed um, all right. Well, uh, you want to take a break now? Yes. I wanted to take, can you in post just make it so we took a break earlier? I will. I'll cut all that out. And Good. We'll be right back, everybody. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shamiro To computers wearing earphones He almost died for conversation Hallucinations, good vibrations Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing Steeplechasing, the Reformation Transubstantiation, Bram Stoker's creation The land of the Thracians and and we're back and now we're talking about portal 2 and uh caveat mtor um for those of you who are planning on buying a car uh i am not gonna have much to say about this uh i watched i watched some youtube walkthrough videos of it uh and uh and yet, uh, it's not. It didn't strike me as much as Maniac Mansion, as, as far as being uh, a subject of conversation that would be fruitful. So, anyway, uh, but I'm assuming you pick this one because you also it's one of your favorite games. I'm back. Oh, hey, Pat. Oh, were you were you talking? No. Yes, yes. This is a favorite game. Uh, I I like it. I, there's the humor in it is really good. Much like Maniac Mansion has a a, a good sense of humor. Uh, the other thing 
you can't get one of the things you can't get by watching a walkthrough. You can with Maniac Mansion is in Portal Two. The the puzzle the the puzzles in it are really clever and really fun. Well, that's another thing. Sorry uh, that we should mention. It's another kind of puzzle game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it in this game you shoot you you create portals and you solve puzzles with portals and it. The the neat thing about the game is this, it's set in the same universe that another Valve or Valve game is, but it's it's a, has a, a much, yeah yeah it has a much bigger sense of humor. It doesn't take itself quite as seriously. Yes, yeah, definitely that. sense of humor. Um, well, we should mention who one of the voices is. Stephen Merchant from Ivory it? Merchant Productions. So right. right right away, you know, if you've seen Remains of the Day, uh, man, You're gonna hilarity. Laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the one of the things that goes throughout the game is there's a there's an artificial intelligence that's trying to kill you, and the voice that they they use for that is just really perfect. It's this opera singer, and they they uh, they use computer they modulate his voice to modulate her voice, and it just sounds so awesome when you're playing the game. It's just it just because she'll say stuff that's so hilarious that doesn't really fit coming from a computer. It just like just cracks you up, and that's. The the first Portal game did it well, and then Portal Two does it well, does it just as just as well. Uh, they have kind of, when you finish the game, both games they have a really catchy song written by who's that that geek, geeky singer, the Jonathan Richmond is that his name? Oh yeah, no no yeah, shit. He, he does the the um. In fact, we should make that an end song. I think I have an MP3 of it. I'll send to you so that we can make as the end song, unless you have something that you are already planned on using. But uh, it just. So that's that's what I like, and then he's probably going to use games by Husker Du, but yeah, we can use Jonathan Richmond. Well, I know you like to put Husker, Husker duh, and everything, so it, that's fine too. I don't I don't want to step on your. I was just trying to make you angry with another Husker Du. And anyway, Husker. I had I said the wrong name. I think it's Colton. Who's Jonathan Richmond? Jonathan John- Richmond was in the Mod- Modern Lovers. He he was also in. Uh, he was the musician in There's Something About Mary, who was like up in a tree singing and stuff. He does. Yeah, he does nerdy, goofy songs. Oh well, I just had the wrong name. It's Jonathan Colton. Oh well, fuck him. I'm putting Who's Your Do at the end. I don't even know who that is. Jonathan Colton. Okay. I assume he's related to Michael Bolton, so I have no desire. Anyway. No, yeah, I, I got that from doing the walkthroughs too. That it was it was humorous. Well, once Stephen Merchant's voice comes on, you're, and he is funny in it too. Uh, his yes. lines are very funny. So and uh, and also should mention uh, bucking the trend of popular culture for the past uh, ten fifteen years. It's kind of a post apocalyptic theme. Yeah, but it's not it's not in your face. So you're it's it's not it doesn't depress you. No, definitely not depressing. Um, but yeah, it does, it does deal with themes of, uh, of dehumanization and kind of corporate takeover, even though in this, in this case, it's a big science lab, right? But, right. But it's a a corporation that got too big and just, you could see over the years how it changed. But, uh, I don't know if the, the walkthrough you saw had any JK Simmons in it. He plays the, the person, Cave Johnson, the person who started the, the company, I forget the name of the company. I, sh- I should know that. Aperture Science. Aperture, I think. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Something like that. But uh, he started the company. So his, he's, I mean, J.K. Simmons is, is funny. And he does the voice really well in this this game. Having, saying stuff like, if life gives you lemons, uh, make a lemonade-powered bomb out of them. Something like that. But that kind of goofy, 
motivational speech is what he does in the game, and it's really fun. Yeah, and listeners may remember J.K. Simmons for his uh, his famous catchphrase, Dynamite! So he's always been funny. From his from birth. From birth. I I saw J.K. Simmons in the early Law and Order episode recently, and it's he has this weird mustache, and it's just oh yeah, he's got the weird porn mustache. Yeah, I, I vaguely recall. He's someone who's aged very well. He has aged well. I mean, I I feel like anybody cutting off a mustache automatically ages well, uh, at least thirty uh, percent weller. Minus Tom Selleck and Adolf Hitler. No, sh- true. Yeah. Hitler without the mustache, that's... Nobody wants to see that. Might as well see Groucho without the mustache. Um, yeah, no, it is. it does seem like a funny game. I would kind of like to play it, because I like puzzle games, and I feel like it's not a thing that, uh, that modern gaming systems do a lot of. Right, that's the other thing, that it's, it's something you don't see nearly enough of uh, games with... Uh, that are puzzle based and there's no killing you're just you're just you're just trying to get by and the 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 a lot of the puzzles are there's not a lot of twitching you need it's not there's so, once in a while you need to move fast and able to, in order to solve a puzzle but mostly it's just being logical and figuring out oh I have to put it here and then I have to put it there so it's that's another thing that's that's neat about it there's right, no, just there, like sex yeah right oh oh uh, I don't uh, I'm not sure I don't follow myself um, no, no, I agree. And I'm not like for video games, I'm not at all like a, a shooter fan. Like I don't mm-hmm. play those games and, um, what I, well, what I really like are RPGs, which are kind of for kids uh, in a lot of cases and, uh, and not RP RPGs aren't for kids. I like RPGs and I also like platform games, which are more for kids. Like there's a lot of kids platform games. Oh, like, like. A platform game would be like Mario Brothers would be an example of platform. Kind of. I mean, more recent would be like Kingdom Hearts or something, you know. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a platform game. Yeah, they're called. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was pretty fun. I, I, I that kind of had some role playing game aspects Elements, to it as well. Yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a really fun game. They had the, all that Disney stuff in there. Did you play the uh, the one from Ghibli Studio Studio Ghibli? Um, Kino Kuni, I think it's called. No, it's really fun, and it's got the art is all Studio Ghibli like type art. It's really a fun. It's another platform um, that has some RPG elements as well. But yeah, really fun game. Anyway, Portal Two, also a fun game. So they link together. Is there a Portal Three? No, it probably won't come out for fifteen years. They always take forever to come out with a third game. Second game took like three years, I think, or. Portal One was was hardly even a game. It was more like a proof a proof of concept. It was very a very short game, and Portal Two really wasn't that long either. But it was much longer than Portal One. And was it is Portal Two popular? Like, is it a popular? It was. I don't know how popular as far as how it sold. Uh, I think it sold pretty well. I mean, my nephews got got it. So, and they mostly get the games like Halo. So it's not like they're huge puzzle guys. Game people, but it was really, really highly, highly uh, reviewed, like with high, highly rated by reviewers. And yeah, think... well, I'm I'm just surprised because, like I said, puzzle games are not a big thing in the gaming industry nowadays. 
Right. I think it has to be something special like like this to, to it's get got anywhere. the wit and the and it's got a storyline too, so puzzle games are pretty popular from indie companies. Like if you go on the Xbox store, the PS three store where you can purchase stuff not on in disc right, but right. online. There's there's a lot of puzzle stuff that way. But yeah, you're right. It's if you look at the top ten sellers, they're not there's like left left for dead like a zombie game will be there and all the sports games and then there's 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 uh military reenactment games but puzzle games aren't aren't there but yeah this is that's the other thing about this the the puzzles are so neat and and well designed and when you compare it to maniac mansion it's like i don't know i don't know how to compare the graphics they're so totally different well yeah it's like i don't even know maniac mansion like commodore 64 i that wasn't 8-bit but it might as well have been 16-bit uh, who knows somebody somebody does indeed know um not I mean, us. Yeah, the, I, the maniac mansion they could only draw one screen at a time because i think it was only 8k that, or 2k that could fill the screen so when they went to the next screen everything's forgotten like portal i mean you could fit i don't even want to guess three million maniac mansions in portal <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It's a whole world. Yeah, so it's 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 different, and there's the whole the 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 way games are different nowadays with not just that, but the music is all from like I think one of the songs is from the National, so it's like, it's a big deal to get the 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 music together and the the voice acting with Maniac Mansion. It's just nothing. You're reading the screen. Right, right. I, that's interesting too. I, I hadn't thought about that previously but yeah they do use a lot of like uh of popular artist songs and video games now which i assume is one way for them to make money since they can't make it from record sales it's interesting to see how you know now it's all like get your song in a commercial or or whatever or even a movie um speaking of movies so everybody loves this guardians of the galaxy soundtrack um, when it's kind of all the stuff that 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 rock snobs or music snobs have made fun of that that whole type of '70s soft rock, AM pop stuff. Um, although I have, to be honest, I don't have a problem with it. I've got a whole mix of uh, AM pop, I call it, that I listen to. But uh, well, I think that I don't think it's the rock snobs that are loving that soundtrack, though. No, that's true. It is. It is the nerds. It's, um, it's just. It's just everybody likes the soundtrack because that. You know, it, he took. I, wasn't there some a couple songs from it that were in Pulp Fiction? Anyway, he took songs that are fun. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I, I'm down. I'm just, I just find it weird that uh, these kind of '70s soft rock songs are back in. I guess it's you know the whole yacht rock thing, and you know, Hall and Oates are now have gone through a whole reappraisal. I still don't like them, but good for them for being reappraised. Yeah. Um, I could do without the Fleetwood Mac reappraisal because I still think they suck. But, uh, yeah, no, no, I think, you know, for the longest time, um, if I heard a band's, a band's song in like a commercial or something, I was like, you fucking sell out pieces of shit. Whereas now I'm like, well, that's how they have to make a living. Like, that's just how it works nowadays. I, we've talked about this before, but when I've heard bands I like, when I heard that of Montreal song, and I, I think Outback Steakhouse, I said that is so awesome. They're making lots of money. Good for them. Yeah, well, well, because the whole, the whole, 
you know, financial paradigm has changed, I think, in the music business. So you've got to change your thinking along with that, or I do. Um, Although I, I do think it's a mistake sometimes because your song will no longer be remembered as, let's say, the of Montreal song, and it will be remembered as the Bo- Blooming Onion song. Well, because that's, that's always that's been the problem. Yeah, that's always been the problem. Even with music videos, that was the problem. Where, like, I've got uh, a song's evocative, and and it conjures up uh, images in my own head, and then to see the video, and and it it's not nearly as grand as as. I had pictured the song, you know, and yeah to, right, yeah, to a much greater extent with commercials, if you start associating it with a product, it's, um, that, that's always been the problem with that video is a good point. I mean, who thinks of the song take on me without thinking of the video? Yeah, no, exactly. I remember I saw Robin Hitchcock once and it had to be, uh, I'm going to say 88. Um, and I remember, you know, he always does a lot of banter between songs. I remember one of his lines was, um, uh, remember back before MTV when we had this thing called Your Imagination? <laughs> and I thought that was a good line. Um, but yeah, I, it's a it's a different world, as Lisa Bonet knows. As Lisa she, Bonet taught us, really. Yeah, well then she left us to let uh, everyone else teach us. Yeah, um, good old uh, Cree Summer. And uh, Daryl, I can't, I don't know anybody's, any character's name on that goddamn show. Although she was recently on uh, an episode or two of Drunk History. So, Lisa Bonet? Yeah, I was glad to see her get I watched more. the first, I watched Drunk History for the first time the other day. I watched Charleston and Philadelphia. So every episode's a different city. Is that how they do that? Or is that just the ones I saw? Yeah, no, that's how they do it. That's cool. Yeah, it's a fun show. Um. Yeah, anyway, uh, like I said, I do not have a lot to say about this game. But I it looks I, fun, and I would probably uh, buy it if I it was I, like a PS3, you know, uh, 1999 Greatest Hits thing. It is PS3, so you got well, that. No, but if it's like one of the Greatest Hits for 20 bucks, If it's $40, bucks, i am uh, that's just me. I can't imagine it's more than 20 bucks at this point. It's been out four years, so you could probably get it for 20 bucks. But uh, yeah, I, I don't have much more to say. I just I, I like it. It's very similar to Maniac Mansion. I mean, it has it has a, a, a sense of humor. That it doesn't take anybody. It's not anybody else's expense. It's just a it's a fun game on its own rights. It's not like it's not misogynistic. It's not yeah. It's and it doesn't take itself super seriously. It's it's just fun. And it's cool that it's a puzzle game in the modern day because I mean that was a that was a really big genre for a while like you remember mist and all that stuff for right pc um and i always liked it because you're you're using your brain to the extent that you can use your brain playing a video game um definitely more so than a first person shooter Mm -hmm. Um, although this is first person it is no it is first person yeah we should mention that as well but uh but it's done in a very cool way yeah in the Speaking of the graphics, how they're they're so much more interesting than Maniac Mansion, just because you know technology is so much further along. There's there's neat sections in the game where you're you create a portal, you're able to create a portal and then create another portal behind you. So you're looking at yourself, and it's just one of those you know uh, what's the word infinite recursive infinite images. Regress. Yeah, whatever. And so you can see your character and then you can see yourself looking at yourself and looking at yourself and looking at yourself. And it's really cool that they are able to put that together and you get, that's the one way you're able to see what your character looks like. Other than that, you can't, you never see your characters and that's pretty cool. 
can I say before anybody writes in to correct, infinite regress is actually a theological term uh, talking about uh, who created the universe and then who created God, and, and it's a it's a uh, ontological problem. I'm probably using ontological cor uh, incorrectly. Uh, cosmological problem is what I meant to say. Um, so I know I use it incorrectly. Uh, I was informed by one of our listeners who also happens to be my girlfriend that we made numerous mistakes on our Emmy uh, predictions ceremony. Juliana Margulies has already won an Emmy for the show, uh, as has somebody else who I can't even remember, nor do oh, I we, care anymore. Did we say she didn't win an Emmy? Yeah, we were like, oh, she'll probably win because she hasn't won before. Oh, Julie Bowen also has won an Emmy. Oh man, we're stupid. So yeah, we're thanks big, for pointing that out. We're big fat um, dummies. Uh, who yeah, can you uh, can you fix that in post? I will. Tr I'll do my best. Good. Um, I mean, by fix that, I mean tell her to stop correcting us. I will. I already have. Um, and by her, I mean Julie Bowen. I already have. Yeah, I think it's uh, well. Speaking of. Uh, PS3 greatest hits. So I went to uh, Best Buy yesterday because I have no love for Best Buy, but it's a good place to go look at TVs. We're thinking of getting a new TV. Ooh, um, fancy. So well, one of ours is totally crapping out. Um, oh, so is it the video game one or the, t the TV watching one? TV like watching one. So right wall or left wall? It, this one, well, for us, we keep our TV watching one on the right wall. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, well, I, I know it's probably gauche, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, went to look at, at new TVs because, you know, we read like the reviews and stuff on CNET and whatever. Um, but mm -hmm. you really do kind of want to see the picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, but you know what I found looking at TVs at stores, they look so much smaller at the store. So I really, if, uh, next time I have to get a TV, I'm going to have to just measure things because I have a 32 inch TV. And when I'm at the store and it's sitting in this like this huge room, it looks tiny. But at home, it's the perfect size. Yeah, no, so that's if, true. Yeah, and it's, especially when it's with a bunch of other uh, bigger TVs, bigger yeah. TVs. And and another thing is the lighting in those stores. Like it's kind of yeah, hard terrible. a lot of times to get. Yeah, but uh, but I went and so then I went over to look at the PS3 games, and it seems that they're just basically phasing those out now that the ps4 is out like they had a really shitty selection not that that's necessarily new for best buy but even shittier than than usual and it's a, something that kind of pisses me off because as far as i can tell the ps4 offers nothing over the ps3 except different games like now they have new games for it yeah I, they it probably has better interface but not nothing that that great it's not that compatible which is always super annoying as shit to me yeah, your your old PS3 games are not going to work on the PS4. Yeah, it's such a money grab that. Um, but anyway, uh, I have a when the last time I went TV shopping, the one thing I didn't this this is my piece of advice is I I felt the back of each TV and I picked the one that got the least hot. Oh, that's a. I mean, that wasn't my only my only thing, but when I had two similar TVs that got good reviews in other places and looked good and it was the right size i was like okay this one doesn't use as much heat so it's you know it's not going to heat up the room as much and it's not going to use up as much energy so that's it's worth doing how how uh blind people choose their tvs oh well they have to have a system that's also how i, I choose my women sure yeah you you feel them on the back see who's hot nope potential ebola sufferer here um that's not something to joke about Touching women on the back. I I agree. Yeah. Um. 
All right. Well, do you want recommendations? Asians. Asians. Um, I will go first. Uh, so my recommendation is uh, I'm reading a book called Yeah Yeah Yeah, and it's like the history of pop music from the 50s through the late 90s, and it's um, it's written by uh, holy fuck, I I can't think of his name right now i'm oh bob stanley i think it's i think it's bob uh stanley uh who is uh a member of saint etienne the band oh that's neat who i'm a big fan of and it's really well written and researched and it's got like a million footnotes for everything but he's a really good writer and he is all into pop so he focuses kind of on on pop hits you know on the charts Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also interesting because he's from britain and they have a uh, slightly different uh, charts than we have here, like what makes it onto the charts there. So it's a very cool history, and uh, and it's like seven hundred something pages long. So it's not <laughs> it's not like some little um, dumb rock stars vanity project. He's he's a, a legit writer, and and it's a really fun book. Um, and and secondly, I would like to recommend, uh, even though I've only watched one episode, I've seen them all before, but uh, so far. Because I bought it at a used bookstore for nine dollars, the um, the young ones, the BBC series from the eighties, kind of the the beginning of the alternative comedy uh, thing in in Britain. That's a great find. I I loved that show on MTV. I used to. Yeah, you know, same here. But I I don't remember it at all. It's just one of those things I'd watch late at night, and it didn't. It stuck with me that I liked it, and it's the characters and the actors. Like what they look like, I remember, but I don't remember any stories aside from a sandwich landing in a room. So I don't remember it really well. So it's that's that's nice to watch and it still holds up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how well it actually holds up. I mean, it's funny. Don't get me wrong, and it's very clever and bizarre. Uh-huh. I just like the absurdity of it more than anything. Like the jokes are a little a little still kind of vaudeville-ish, some of them, but but overall, I I am enjoying it. So. Hey, those are my recommendations. I have one recommendation is just uh, reaffirming something you recommended and the new recommendation first is Boyhood. You recommended that a few weeks ago and your recommendation wasn't strong enough. It was an excellent movie. It was I was expecting to like it because everybody liked it, but I think I liked it more than I expected to. It was wonderful. It's 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 a long movie. I think I think we said it was two hours, forty five minutes or three hours. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't feel like a long movie yet. Once the movie starts, it's you're just in there. You're you're stuck with these characters. And the one of the, the way the movie is marketed is is the fact that they used one kid over the course of twelve years. You know, the whole entire cast. It was it was filmed over the course of twelve years, and that's a gimmick and that's interesting. And before you see it, you're like, oh, that's neat that they did that. But when you're watching the movie, if you didn't know that, it wouldn't really you wouldn't think of it until after the movie's over. No, they don't make it, a big deal out of it. It just kind of gradually happens, and I think that is just incredibly awesome because it's yeah, a great the, idea. And he doesn't he doesn't push it in your face. It just happens. No, they don't make a big deal about it in the movie. The, the big deal was made in the in the marketing. And exactly. The, yeah, I mean, yeah. they could have made a big deal out of the movie just by having a black screen set up saying ten years later or whatever. But it doesn't. It just from it goes from one scene to the next, and his his you know like anybody his his growth is not. It's not immediate, so you can't eat. Some scenes you're like, is this later? And you just, in yes. context, you figure it out. But he doesn't look that much different. But I mean, from beginning to the end, he does. But anyway, it's a, that's a small thing, but that's something that made 
made it even more wonderful that it's just it's just happening as you watch it. It's just it make it's a very realistic feeling movie. And I know it's some of it's taken from the kid's life, but most of it's not. It's 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 just a really well written movie and I had a lot of fun watching it. So I recommend that. And my second recommendation is a Comedy Central show called Nathan for You. And that is really, really funny. Have you watched that? No, I've heard about it. It's where this kind of he's kind of Andy Kaufman esque. Yeah, a kind of an awkward guy goes to businesses and gives them recommendations on how they should improve themselves. And they're usually pretty crazy and absurd. And what I wasn't sure about when I first started watching is I, I thought I, maybe I'd feel bad for the people he's dealing with. And I do feel a little bit bad for the businesses because I don't, I don't understand why they're taking his advice because it's usually not good advice. Like one thing is using poo-flavored uh, frozen yogurt at a frozen yogurt place. And that's the first episode. And I think they he purposely started off really broad because that's the only way comedy central would take it's it after take that. It, right. The, yeah, after that, it's not nearly as bad as that the but, network that did shark week. Yeah. It's not but, surprising, but most of it is it, he'll have episodes where like kind of touching things happen. Like really there's human moments in the show that he, he connects with these people. He's, he's kind of sort of pranking, but he's also sincerely talking to them and learning about their experiences. Like just to give a, a short example, there's an episode where, he goes to a gas station. His recommendation is to put gas at on the sign as dollar seventy five with rebate. But the rebate only happens if you go on a hike to the top of a hill and answer a series of riddles and sleep overnight. And most of the people who go up the hill don't stay. But the people who do have, have kind of have broken lives, and they're doing this not so much to get the rebate, but to have something Some... to get them away from their other lives. And he's he's having conversations with them as real people. He's not. He, they're not the brunt of the joke not when you watch the show. Yeah. So it's it's he's having he's pranking people, but he's also, but he's not he's not fucking with them like you said. So it's, and but, and, and in addition to all that, is really really fucking funny. He's totally deadpan the whole time. He never never cracks a smile. He's, it, he never lets you in on the joke, but the the joke is obviously happening in front of you. All right. Nathan really good show for you. Nathan for you, Nathan Fielder, Comedy Central. And Boyhood. All right. Um, well, we I think we're going to do Boyhood on a on an upcoming episode. Yeah, uh, at some point we'll do Boyhood versus You Say Dazed and Confused. Do you think that's better than Boyhood versus any other link later? I just think Dazed and Confused are good. Uh, they're different enough that I think. Okay. I've never seen Dazed and Confused, so that should be interesting. Yeah. Um. So are you ready? You have any? How is anything to add? Nope. All right. Um, send us your questions that you want us to answer. Your so the advice column that has has really set the internet on fire. Write us on Facebook, or actually, don't write us on Facebook. Oh, you can, but we won't read it. But rate us highly on Facebook. Rate us highly, or no, like us on Facebook. Rate us highly on iTunes. Tell your friends to listen, and write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Yes, indeed, do the, all that. Uh, yes, charlatans. And and we don't know what we're doing next week quite yet, um, but we'll figure it out. It will be good, whatever it is. It'll be fucking amazing. So, I guess until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Well, you can play my game If you just tell me well, you can play my game, but I'll put you to shame. I 
Play! 